guys. Thanks so much for tuning in this week for Best Week Ever. This week I have Noor from The Reality Is Podcast. Guys, I'm so excited to have her on and I'm so excited for you guys to tune in to our conversation. She is amazing on all the work she does for her podcast. The Reality Is is a great podcast where she dives into reality TV. We love reality TV and all the problematic issues about it. I mean, she is probably one of the best podcasts to listen to when it comes to recaps of The Real Housewives, guys. She literally gives you perspectives that every white woman should know. (laughs) As women of color, I really appreciate her telling it how it is and calling out what needs to be called out. And yeah, like I said, I appreciate her and I'm so thankful for her work. And I need you guys to listen to her podcast because it's amazing, especially the pop culture weekly updates that she does with her brother. It's super hilarious. But before I get into this episode, I know last week I was talking about a manual with the owner of Funk Farms whatever her handle name is. I know last week I was giving out sympathy and, you know, some positive vibes towards Emmanuel, but that's it, guys. I only wanted those positive vibes to go towards Emmanuel, the emo bird. Now, first of all, thank you for all those who reached out to me to let me know how much of a racist Taylor Blake is. Taylor Blake is the owner of Emmanuel who has a very sketchy, problematic past. I will be putting this in the show notes, so if you guys want to read more into it, basically, I got milkshake ducked, guys. I know you guys probably hate that term, but that's exactly what happened to me, where I fell in love with a TikTok star about her animals, though. Like, I fell in love with her animals, guys. She has always had a problematic kind of upbringing when it comes to social media. She has been called out for her racism. She's also been called out for her her culture appropriation. And yeah, I'm just really disappointed. But I'm also glad that I have fans like you to reach out to me. But literally, I saw it on Twitter and I was devastated to find this out after recording. Ugh, it's the worst. Why does that always happen? don't know why. But anyway, that is an update. Please click the link and click all our links that's going to be on this episode, guys. I work really hard for those links and you guys to follow our story so you can totally get where we're coming from when we mention these stories. But let's go back to our conversation with Noor from the Reality Is podcast. so much for tuning back in today I have Noor from from the reality is podcast how are you today I'm great how are you I am so excited to have you on um 
let's get to it. I'm so, I'm like kind of like looking over the list and we were just saying that we have a few things to talk about. So let's just start off the podcast. We are starting off with our worst week honorable mentions. If you wanted to go first, I don't know if you had any honorable mentions that you just wanted to start off with, or did you want me to start off with an honorable mention? I mean, I don't know how honorable it is, but for me, (laughs) (laughs) um, I mean, it's kind of honorable, but it's, it's funny. So, you know, it's been an interesting week for South Asians because Diwali was on Monday. So happy Diwali to everybody who celebrates. Uh, but also uh, Rishi Sunak is the new um, PM for upcoming PM for the UK, which is really funny because, you know, they have like a real the colonizers have a real strong history of colonizing. And so it's real funny that their new PM is a South Asian guy. So it was like, yay, a win for us. But then it's also like not a great win for us because he's like mega conservative. So honorable mention to brown people kind of breaking the wheel, but not really. I read, I recently just read up on this. Um, Yeah, I found out so many that he's richer than Kings Charles. He's like a hedge funder. (laughs) I literally felt like it was a milkshake duck where like we, the news was so great about him. And then we start realizing like his true background, which is very problematic. Yes, very, very problematic. Exactly. So there, that's my honorable mention. (laughs) That's a good one. Can you um, explain a little bit more about Rishi Sunak? because I just heard about him and like I know all the negatives more than I I don't know how much good it is but you know from like a from the perspective of like how it was just interesting because it like all happened on Monday when it was Diwali and so people are like celebrating Diwali I I'm Pakistani so we don't celebrate it but I have a lot of Indian friends who are Hindu and everything so they were celebrating and it was very exciting and then everybody's like oh how exciting this like brown guy is gonna become this Indian guy is gonna become the uh, you know, the next PM and prime minister of England. And I'm like, wow, that's so exciting. Right. Uh, and it's hilarious considering that like he is head of a party. He's part of a party called the Tories who are essentially like the Republicans of the UK. And I'm sorry if that's like really disparaging to, um, you know, uh, British people, because I feel like maybe conservatives there are like still better than (laughs) conservatives here. I don't know. But just my tertiary understanding is that, you know, he's the head of a party that was really, really big on Brexit, which where they were like removing themselves from the rest of the European Union because they were afraid of brown people taking over. And then here we have this brown guy taking over. And what's really funny is that like, despite the fact that, yes, he is richer than the fucking king, um and has this like you know he wants to like uh give tax breaks to the wealthiest like it's just all bad stuff he has a history of voting against like lgbtq stuff he doesn't want yeah he doesn't believe in trans rights like he's he's a bad guy right um it's just so funny because even then his own party is like calling into radio shows and saying that like you know, he's never going to be able to win our people because, you know, we are England and yes, we should be run by white people. So it's like, even within your party (laughs) that you mostly align with, they're still too racist for you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> that is crazy but hilarious at the same time yes yes it's like sweet irony <laughs> so I, for- like, I don't know who's having a worse week in that situation is it him is it the racist I don't know I don't know <laughs> surely I, I feel like it's us though mostly yes. the black and brown people yes, yes is, like right. knowing this information and we're just doing in it <laughs> yes that's right So for my honorable mention, I have to give it to Leslie Jordan. Um, He was an actor um, really best known for um, Beverly. Um, If I remember correctly, I think his name was Beverly Leslie. Yes, Beverly Uh, Leslie. Yeah, he passed away on October 24th at 67. He's been a big part of Hollywood for about 35 years. But yeah, he was super popular on Will and Grace with Karen Walker Um, He actually amassed a huge following during COVID when he was making all these hilarious short videos, made it up to like 5.5 million followers. Um, He suffered a medical emergency while driving and crashed his car is how the whole accident happened, which is really devastating. But he has a memoir. It came out earlier this year. It's called How Y'all Doing? Um, I know we're sad, but we should also be so thankful for all the content and the character Beverly Leslie. Um, yeah, I just feel like we have so much great videos like um, him on TV shows. I think he was on Murphy, too. He's been around the block for yeah. a long time. And the best part about all of this, I know, like I said, he passed away and we're we are sad. But like reading all the Twitter discourse of people who knew him who just worked alongside with him and did these skits it was just really nice to like revisit all that yeah and he himself has spoken about how he sort of came from a generation of you know of gay people that were not surviving like he survived the AIDS crisis and like or the AIDS epidemic so like there's um, just he just said like a wealth of knowledge and um, Emerson Collins is like this amazing hilarious like comedian writer actor um, and he used to be on the people's couch but he's like a great follow on Twitter he's so funny and he had this like very long and really beautiful thread uh, t- a tweet thread about like his experience of working with him and just like you know embracing like being very gay in a very conservative part of America and having overcome all those things. And I just, I love him so much. Like it's crazy. Cause like I saw the news and the first thing I thought of was like his really, really funny clip that got like went like super viral on Instagram where he'd be like, well, shit, <laughs> like that is exactly, I was like, Oh no, like, no, <laughs> no, truly. That's exactly what came to mind when I saw it too. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> what are are y'all doing (laughs) what are y'all doing exactly that's a great tagline do you have any other worst week honorable mentions to add on oh I think Matthew Perry's having a real bad time (laughs) okay thank you I actually put him as my worst week winner but I'm so ready to talk about this petty petty man (laughs) let's go (laughs) it's like the worst week ever not just for him but for anybody who still like is obsessed with Chandler right like (laughs) I get it I was too in the early 2000s like that was the thing every guy you knew who was funny was trying to be Chandler okay 
I get it. We love friends. I understand. But we've moved on and there's funnier things in the world. And we all recognize that now. But Matthew Perry, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? This quote like that's going around of what he said about Keanu Reeves in like, so we all like I, anybody who was like big into friends in the 2000s and like saw the tabloids and stuff. Matthew Perry struggled with um, drug addiction and alcoholism and all this stuff. And you could even see on the show when he was like heavily using because he was really thin and then he would gain weight because he would stop and like it was all this stuff right so he's talking about it in his memoir and I actually have if you don't mind I have what he said yes in his book so he says oh god it's insane he says (laughs) he's talking about River Phoenix right uh and he says River was a beautiful man inside and out too beautiful for this world it turned out it always seemed to be the really talented guys who go down why is it that the original thinkers like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger die but Keanu Reeves still walks among us River was the best actor uh, was a better actor than me I was funnier but I certainly held my own in our scenes no small feat when I look back decades later I mean why are you talking about Keanu Reeves Canaries is like now why am I in this because like (laughs) well that was that's just one mention the second mention is even weirder in my opinion do do you have the uh, quote to that one yes he says he's talking about Chris Farley so Matthew Perry's very good friend Chris Farley dies and so he says his disease had progressed faster than mine had plus I had a healthy fear of the word heroin a fear we did not share Perry writes I punched a hole through Jennifer Aniston's dressing room when I found out Keanu Reeves walks among us I had to promote Almost Heroes two weeks later after he died I found myself publicly discussing his death from drugs and alcohol I was high the entire time So it's like almost like multiple times when somebody has died of drug overdose, he has thought to himself, why is Keanu Reeves still alive? I want to know their connection. I know they were apparently, I mean, they had to run in the same circles because River Phoenix was friends with Keanu Reeves in the past. Yes. Um, He has to have some sort of vendetta towards him where he just does not get along with him. But yeah, he is on like a world tour right now to um, represent his new memoir that's coming up. Because not only has he pointed digs on Keanu Reeves, but he's also going after Cameron Diaz, where he basically just talks about how maybe weird he was around Cameron Diaz. So she like solidified that punch. I don't know. The way he explains it... um, about how like oh he was in a group setting with Cameron Diaz and she got stoned when she got there and like they weren't really hitting it off she wasn't really paying that much attention to him while he was trying to like you know get her attention and um something happened where he joked and she went to punch his arm but she ended up punching his face um and truly good good for her (laughs) yeah yeah good I'm glad good for her but also, yeah, he has a dating history of Yasmin Bleeth, Lizzie Kaplan, Julia Roberts. He's a nepotism baby. His yes. dad is an actor, John Bennett Perry, and his stepdad is Keith Morrison from Dateline. Um, but yeah. yeah, he apparently wasted like $9 million on rehab. And when you talk about like a privileged white man, I feel like this is a great example. Because yes. not only is he boasting his dating list um, with 
the whole Cameron Diaz thing, but he's also trying to put Keanu Reeves down. And we all know that Keanu Reeves is like a beloved actor. Why do you want to be the underdog? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It just, you know, him like really going after Keanu Reeves also seems weird because he's a nepotism baby. Like, I don't know. It just something about it feels to me like, why does this like super chill kind of, you know, like, homeless looking guy get to be famous and like I'm you know or, or alive or whatever I don't know what his problem is honestly but it seems like a real chip on the shoulder because I feel like Keanu Reeves probably seems like the kind of guy who is just like too chill for words and Matthew Perry seems very much the opposite so I feel like that's probably maybe some of it who knows but uh, yeah it's just the weirdest thing in the world I mean it's not rehab all the rehab you can take in the world is not going to tell it like it's called being down to earth yeah. and humbling. <laughs> yes. I feel like you can't pay any type of money to actually get that lesson. And yeah, I hope yeah. he's, he's realizing how much of a, sh- like a schmuck he's coming off as. Yeah. So apparently the, he released a statement saying that he's really sorry and that he really didn't mean to be an asshole, but he just, he's like, I just used the same first name that popped in my head. I guess I should have used a different name. It wasn't specifically against Keanu Reeves, nothing against him. Like, um, I mean, this went through multiple editors, I'm sure. Like, and this if, went through if, several eyes. And <laughs> even if you chose another actor, we would be fixated on that one too. Like it doesn't yes. really like fix the solution. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't it be you're ta- you should probably talk about yourself to say, how am I still alive when I'm abusing drugs like crazy and all my friends are dying around me? Like that would be a grown person's sort of thought, but like why Keanu Reeves? Beloved. I, I feel like he, you're right. I feel like he's going through some sort of like shame or guilt, like survivor's guilt of like being one of the actors that hasn't like passed away. Yeah, like, maybe. Like, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Oh, that's so great. So I actually, for honorable mention, I wanted to give it to Travis Scott's side chick. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl is having such a bad week when literally I saw this girl's account two years ago when rumors started going around that Travis Scott likes a side chick and she likes to hang out in the background and I feel like in the blind items, there's like this, I'm just, this is all alleged guys. I feel like there's this common ground, like where Travis is, they have an open relationship. This is just my opinion, but I really do feel bad for this poor girl who's being trolled all week. Literally <laughs> people are saying that like, oh, you just want to be like Kylie when guys, she's been having this look for a very long time. Like I can't really tell you like chicken or the egg of who started the look <laughs> because like, yes, they look alike, but I feel like they each be spying on each other. Okay. So what we're not going to do is we're not going to lie on me because I've been good. I posted whatever fucking story you guys wanted me to post. I pretended I didn't know you, went along with whatever fucking narrative you guys wanted to, no matter how much, like, bullshit I got from it. But to say you don't know me and you've never been with me, when you've definitely been with me, when fucking everybody's seen you with me, when I have pictures and videos of you with me. Come on. Come on, sir. I like even fucking this Valentine's Day. I saw you. I ran out the door and you had every single girl I know blowing me up like Travis asking for you to come back. Are we pretending that didn't happen too? Like, 
come on. You cheat on that bitch every single fucking night. The whole fucking city sees it. Don't do this. And I was invited to that video shoot, you guys. I would not, I personally do not go anywhere unless I'm invited there. It just goes to show, see, like, you know, you shouldn't be nice. My friends were like, the first time this happened, they were like, oh, yeah, like, get the money. Like, people were offering me money for interviews. They were like, do it. I was like, no, like, I don't want to be associated with this man. I don't want to be known for this. But see, that's what happens when you're too nice. People just get too ballsy. Anyways, I don't care. I really hope your PR stunt happy family shit goes well and the whole world buys it, even though you're the shittiest human being that has ever walked. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, who appropriated Black women first? Let's just talk about that. Like, which <laughs> which one? Which one? Because yes. if we look at the internet, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she's been around. I've seen, like I said, during the pandemic when she like before Astro World. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she I've heard about her and I've seen her videos before she's gone private because she was public for a little bit. Um, and I really do think she just not distorts, but she um edits her looks so she's not um I don't know stalked or like I feel like a lot of people do are are just like looking for her and I I hope she's safe woman yeah. to woman like I hope she's doing okay yeah yeah <laughs> I only saw gaslit yeah it just I'm you know it's like I'm not I'm not huge okay I'm not I do not watch the Kardashians it's like the one reality TV show I don't watch but you know you can't help but have them just like show up on your newsfeed. Like it doesn't matter. The clips, girl. They're always on my Twitter feed. It's they're just like, okay, I guess I'm gonna see them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the clips, and then you're just like, I'm avoiding it. I'm like, Travis Scott did what? Like, I just, it's just so funny. But like, yeah, I did see the clip of this little girl. This I call her little girl. I'm sure she's a little baby. Okay, mm-hmm. she's probably young. I saw the clip, and it's like a lot of people are going so crazy and being like, she's so thirsty. She just wants attention, blah, blah, blah. It's so pathetic. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like, I just, it's ridiculous because Travis Scott, it feels like just based on what I'm seeing online has seemed to put out more statements about this situation than he did about Astro World. Which okay, just- speak on it because that is truth right there. The fact that he like went right away with his accusations and like it was like crickets during that whole concert fiasco. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, you know, let's just let's just figure out the priorities here. And I I don't know, maybe I've become like too jaded over time, but I've learned through just the many years, especially recently, of like celebrities being extremely online, that I feel like they will find any reason to make themselves viral. So and especially when it comes to the Kardashians, I'm like uh, I don't know maybe they're all in on it who fucking knows this poor thing I just hope she's safe <laughs> yeah I mean that clip I don't know if you've seen it it's from last week's episode I want to say or this one that just came out where Kim kind of truly admits that she edits everyone's photo to like, make everyone look good and I really feel like we're like they were just like we need to get Travis back on the picture so we can like you know, not talk about this because yeah, it, that is so dysfunctionally distorted. And <laughs> like, I I don't think she realized how um those like how what the example she's setting to young women by yeah. by saying that, showing that, and like 
I don't know, the, the normalcy is just really putting me in a twilight zone. Yes, of course. It's uh, they're, you know, as much as you, like I said, as much as I try to avoid them, they show up anyway. So they must have like taken an oath with Satan or something <sighs> to just like show up on Twitter or in the internet all the time. Like people cannot, we are all cursed. We've all, we're all part of the same curse. We can't get rid of her. And she's going to show up anyway. The Kardashians are going to show up anyway in whatever form they can, good or bad. And they'll find ways to distract you from their bullshit somehow. Because they'll just, they'll come right back around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're doing it to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. We're talking about them right now. <laughs> so before we close out our honorable, honorable mentions for Worst Week, did you want to add anything else to that list? Um, I mean, have you talked about Taylor Swift yet? <laughs> So she is actually my runner up for worst week, guys. I'm sorry. There's just, I, I like her music. Don't get me wrong. My favorite song right now is Lavender Haze. Um, but when it comes to what she's doing artistically, I need to talk about it. <laughs> what are you putting her as worst week for? Um, I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan. I wasn't for years. Um, I kind of avoided it because when she was coming up, I think I was already in college and I was like, I listen to indie rock. I'm not going to listen to Taylor Swift. And then this bitch in the pandemic <laughs> drops these two albums. And I'm like, this sounds like the music I listened to when I was in college. And so I like very much was listening to folklore and the other one, and like, I really enjoyed her music and like, I'm not going to lie. There are some Taylor Swift songs that are just great. So I was looking forward to this album coming out. Um, I don't do all the stuff where like people like track it down and they're like, we need to look like I had a friend text me saying happy Taylor Swift day. And I was like, we are not doing this. <laughs> it's like, I'm ignoring this text message. This is ridiculous. So I did start to listen to her music, but then all of like the hoopla started about like the anti-hero video. And so as a person also who is a uh, recovering eating disorder, as a person also who deals with like massive fat phobia in the world, like I, I just, it's so, there was, there came a point during all of this where I thought to myself, you know what? I'm done with the discourse. <laughs> like I was so just like before I could even get into listening to the music, there was so much stuff happening with that, that I was like, I'm already exhausted. And I feel like I'm going to be annoyed listening to the music now. Um, but you know, it's weird. It's one of those situations with the interior video where I was like, I completely understand both sides because I'm adult enough to not take things personally, but I think also, and I'm adult enough and like therapied enough to understand a person's personal perspective, but much like I say about the Kardashians who are just actively toxic to like the standards of beauty. I do think that people, celebrities have some onus on the way they, um, talk about themselves even when it's just personal, um, especially somebody like Taylor Swift, like you have, you know, you have a person like her who's traditionally gorgeous, like in Western beauty standards of beauty, she's beautiful. She's tall. She's thin and she's blonde and you, I get what she's doing where 
she's talking about herself and she's talking about her feelings about herself. And she's, she, I get that she's saying that she feels fat because especially as a person who struggles with an eating disorder myself, you never lose that. You never like body dysmorphia is so fucked up because it really creeps up on you all the time, no matter what, and you have to combat it every single day. It's, it's horrible. But, and I recognize that that's what she's trying to say, but you have somebody like her who is traditionally beautiful, right? Western standard of beauty. She hits the mark and she feels terrible. And she's making a video saying, I feel terrible about myself because of these intrusive thoughts. And so kids have that to look up to. And then on the other side, you have somebody like Lizzo who is like, yes, I'm fat. Yes, I'm black. And those are things that no matter what size I get, no matter how small I get, I will not be accepted in this world because of this absurd standard of beauty. But instead of saying, I feel like shit about myself, Lizzo's like, no, you should love yourself because nobody else matters except for how you feel about yourself. Right. And it's such a different message of, of how we tell people to think about themselves. And I get what Taylor is doing where she's just saying like, these are intrusive thoughts that even I have all the time. Right. But it almost, she has to realize that like young people that listen to her music, they're not going to listen to it and think to themselves, Oh, Taylor thinks that way. I shouldn't think about myself that way. They're going to say, Oh, Taylor thinks that way. I should definitely think about myself that way yeah they're like if she thinks like that then what like what do I look and I look like this yeah yeah Yeah, exactly whereas like you know with Lizzo she's somebody who's like it doesn't fucking matter what the world thinks about your body those intrusive thoughts are bullshit you shouldn't listen to them because you should know that you're going to be beautiful no matter what because nobody else needs to accept you but you And it's just such a different way of looking at yourself. And like, as somebody who struggles with body dysmorphia, the Lizzo way of thinking, especially I'd say in like, like I'm almost 40, especially now at this point in my life, I'm like, that's the way I should have been thinking since I was a little girl, but I had been thinking the Taylor Swift way because also growing up in the world and society as it is, and how women are taught to look at their bodies, we've like those types of thoughts about not being good enough. That's almost like a requirement. I feel like it felt like a requirement when we were growing up of like, Oh, if you're growing up and you don't like, but you know, it's like that clip on, and um, it's like that scene of mean girls where the girls are all poking, like, yeah. Kind of and, pointing out their flaws. And they're all waiting for her to point out her own flaw. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's like, that's how we all grew up to constantly put ourselves down. And, and it's just, it's a bummer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, Taylor, you seem to get it. Oh girl. And- when I saw that on the scale, I, the first word that came to mind was like, this is chuggy and this yeah. is very 2007. Like what was yes. she thinking? Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's like the, it's like, you know, it's like, that yeah it's the 2000s it's like the early it's like the late 90s of us thinking like Renee Zellweger and Bridget Jones diary was fat like mm-hmm. it's that kind of stuff that I'm like babe we're past this now like we are not doing this anymore go to therapy <laughs> like what are you doing yeah yeah so she is my runner-up um yes because of the scale and like what she's trying in her lyrics her cryptic lyrics guys um 
also she i don't know if you guys uh, i will represent this new artist her name is manuela she is a latin colombian indie artist her music um jitters is really really great i've been listening to it um talking about you know indie music um i know imogen heap had all her little fingers on this taylor swift album but manuela she had this music video that came mm. out in april of 2022 mm -hmm. and um we all saw the anti-hero music video. I know I posted this on my stories earlier this week, but I will be posting it again and putting it on the show notes. Yeah, so Manuela is an indie artist. Very small, guys. You know how hard it is for us, like, podcasters, influencers, just putting mm -hmm. our stuff out there. And it is, it is such a shame when we see bigger artists basically just stealing um young talent so yeah. um Manuela did a TikTok where she was comparing the both music videos it was really upsetting to see because um when she talked about this she wanted to know like am I in a mood board in Taylor Swift's like you know life yeah flattering but I would also like to get some credit we all know that Taylor Swift basically took all of Olivia Rodrigo's like residuals because yes. she admitted to using some lyrics or being inspired by Taylor Swift so it's a real shame for her to not only take another woman's artist a woman of color and um and make it her own because it says directed written created by Taylor Swift when the anti-hero music video pops up yeah um Kalani reposted the story so I'm hoping this gets a lot of friction she did say um I'm putting the article that Manuela had with Mescla which is really great to read guys because she's not really she's upset and disappointed she doesn't want to point fingers and I really feel her on that because she is it, it's flattering but at the same time her uh, Taylor Swift's people haven't reached out to her when she says when she's been reaching out to them trying to have a discourse of like what is going on like are you giving me credit are you gonna like so it's all just a waiting game on Taylor Swift's people to call her back but I really do hope um, T Swift you know woman supporting women like she is like that black bad blood icon um, mm -hmm. I really hope she comes out with not an apology, but like some sort of an understanding and see that, hey, you admire an artist and you like ripped off her music video. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I yeah. think, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, the fact that like Taylor Swift, um, I would say, was it Lizzo and Beyonce that were both called ableist for, I think, using crazy in their music or something, or I don't yeah. know, I know Lizzo was. And so for them to immediately make changes and like, you know, put out statements or whatever, it's just shocking that like Taylor Swift, I think for this video, the anti-hero video, she has said that I think there is, I think she removed the clip, like the scene or something. Um, yeah, she cut it out. She cut it out, but she's still not said anything about it. Right. And that's the thing that like grinds my gear about her because it just, it's just, it gives me a lot of like, it gives me a lot of, you know, um, the type of people that like put, put like 
black squares or black lives matter in their like Instagram or the new one right now. Whereas like, I love my Jewish friends and oh my God. I will support my, no offense to those guys. I I've seen some people post some great, but like they're, there's a bit of a cringe every time I see it. <laughs> yes. A bit of a cringe of whenever I see that. Post. Yes. <laughs> it, yes. God, we can get into that, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's so performative. I mean, Taylor Swift is, you know, your typical, like, I'm going to learn about it and I'm going to try to do better. And I'm going to, she always says like, Oh, like she'll, you know, she'll make statements about things. And I've ta- I've seen her talk about voting and everything like that, but it is always that reminder of like, at the end of the day, this is still a person who lives a very different life than the people that she thinks that she's like being a normie with. Like, you're not a normal, or you're not an everyday person. Like, I think the thing that bothers me about Taylor Swift is that like, she doesn't act, she pretends to be like relatable and like down to earth and like one of the people, but is very much not. And always that always comes out it happens it always ends up coming out and I think that's the stuff that like bothers me about her and then her even this artist right like what she did with Olivia Rodrigo and then with what's happening with this artist Manuela it's like even if she goes and like on the low comes up with a the deal and like credits this woman I don't think that she's ever gonna like make a statement about it right which is like you know, the irony is that didn't she like have all these issues where like having to get her own music back from people. So it's like, you know what it's like to have your work not credited. Mm -hmm. So why are we doing this? Like what? (laughs) It's it's really disheartening because Manuela is a Swifty. She admits that she's like, I'm a Swifty fan and I'm confused. And like, she feels like she's being like played with because her album is called glimmer and if you saw the latest post for um i think it was the anti-hero or just like um posting to you know sponsor her new album she uses the word glimmer in paragraph (sighs) so like this is really like she manuela right says in the article that she's been grateful to her therapist because this has really been messing with her mind where it's like you know Taylor Swift likes to do her Easter eggs so is she doing this to Manuela too you know like and when you listen to Manuela's album which I highly recommend guys listen to her album and then go back and listen to Midnight's I feel like there was an an aspiration there and credit deserves where credit's due so yeah Yep. Sorry, Taylor. Love you still, but <laughs> please don't have your Swifties come after me. <laughs> I mean, girl, good luck. <laughs> Godspeed. Truly. So we are now up to our worst week runner up. I said the whole Manuela um, with the Taylor. Who is your worst week for runner up? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I think that. <sighs> I was going to give it to Matthew Perry also earlier. I just, I'm sorry. I like, wasn't sure. I just wanted to get them all out of, out of my mind right yeah, away. Um, I think another worst week is uh, adding on to the fact that colonizers are having a rough time accepting a brown man as the PM. I think it's going to be a rough week for the Royal family because um, Harry just came out uh, with the name of his memoir, which is going to be spare. And I feel like he's going to really be spilling the tea. So 
rough, rough times for King Charles. <laughs> I did. I don't know if this is real or fake guys. Cause it was really, I skimmed through a, a tweet where there was a paragraph where Meghan Markle introduced Harry into bowling. No, 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 no it's fake. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, I saw that, that was too. like really like no. really i'm pretty sure there's bowling in england and yeah. he knows exactly what that game is okay thank you yes. yeah 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 but i'm just excited for you know his truth <laughs> <laughs> what is his truth <laughs> i mean i can't wait for him to go ahead and tell us really how racist the entire royal family is i mean and none of it's going to be like shocking you know it's like it's like people that are fighting on Twitter right now about whether or not Kathy Hilton is like a homophobe. And I'm like, guys, this is not new information. Yeah. Like, why are we guys? But, you know, I'm just excited for that. Can we, sorry to go off tangent, but can we like discuss that where like <laughs> they can both be wrong? Like we can both say yes. it happened. I'm pretty like I I'm pretty sure it happened like that's yep. my opinion guys that's what we're talking about is the reunion of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where Erica basically told the whole like went televised and told everyone that Kathy Hilton called the DJ the F word um a gay slur that we don't lo- no longer say anymore but Paris Hilton used to love saying it in the early <laughs> 2000s um along with the n-word story it doesn't change anything guys (laughs) unfortunately because we all kind of know this and we knew this when she came on the show as well there's been reels and videos that showed us how racist and homophobic kathy hilton is yes absolutely like that's the thing it's like multiple things can be true at the same time kathy hilton likely did first of all erica number one Kathy Hilton probably did say the F word, but Hey girl, how about you don't say it either? (laughs) I get your, I get, I get I get it. You're telling a story, but mama, like you don't have to use the whole word. Um, and then also with the hard T too, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's what Erica does when she's like being serious. And she always say like, it's not my responsibility. Like she always goes into this accent like I'm like I don't know what this is but yeah with the heart (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's like number one it's wrong obviously it's wrong that Kathy Hilton said it obviously and it's not but it's not a surprise that she said it and honestly like do you think Lisa Rinna doesn't say that word come on guys (laughs) I mean, we see her on Twitter. You see how she is when she is with a Bravo celebrity fan base. I can totally see her saying that. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I feel like up until the year 2019, Lisa Rinna was Lisa Rinna and Erica were casually using that word with their gays. Like, you know what I mean? And because Lisa Rinna and Erica both like to turn on the AAVE also, like whenever Mm -hmm. it suits them. So I could totally see them using that kind of language and talking that way up until because they think it's funny. Obviously, like, I don't think, obviously, Kathy Hilton calling somebody that in like a hateful way is like a different level. It's all problematic. It's all really bad. But I think that what's wild is that like they really thought that this is like Erica of all people is like sitting here talking about like Kathy Hilton's reputation is you know like 
you know, I'm going to sit here and talk about people's reputations and how like, you're so disgraceful and people shouldn't, whatever. And it's like, Erica, what like pot kettle black, like, come on. Like all of you guys are bad people. You're Mm -hmm. all terrible people. And like, we do not need to be arguing about who is a worse person. They are all really bad people. And I I mean, you, you guys laughed over Garcelle about her book and made it into a joke. Like, thank you. That makes you a bad person. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like we're going to sit here and I get, it's terrible that this like DJ got cussed out and called a slur. It's absolutely horrific. And especially if that DJ gets called a slur by Kathy fucking Hilton, it probably was a really big deal. And it's terrible that she did that. But like, you guys are terrible to your actual coworkers on camera every single day. Like, every single day, Kyle, you just told, you like screamed at Crystal when she's like trying to like explain her experience as an Asian woman. Like none of you guys are good people. And like, even, even that stuff that Rena's saying about like Kathy having a tantrum and like going off on those people on about everybody, hundred percent believe that happened. Mm -hmm. Like I believe it happened, but I just think like the passion with which Erica and Rena are going on and on to try to make it seem like like Kathy is the worst person to ever have joined the show when like literally the night before this happened Erica is screaming on camera and saying I don't give a fuck about anybody else but me yeah that's on tape (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and the way Rena is like ushering her out I'm like Rena has heard this before (laughs) yeah this is not the first time Erica has had a tantrum like this it's like you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. Oh, that show is so exhausting. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad that we're so done with them right now. I'm, just like, I'm, I'm like- excited for Roni and I'm excited for Potomac right now. Cause I, yeah, Beverly Hills is always giving me a headache. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's always on because there's always stuff in the news. So I feel like it's constantly on TV. I feel like we spend nine months a year with Beverly Hills. <laughs> No, truly, we do. <laughs> so who is your worst week winner? Or You go ahead and give me yours first. Well, mine was Matthew Perry and his petty memoir. <laughs> I can bring up another. I mean, yes. I do want to bring up Madonna. I know her and Cardi B. Oh, yeah. Right now, but Madonna literally calling out. We get it, girl. You paved the way you showed us Vogue. Like I remember I was there when I was a little girl seeing you break the mold and, you know, yeah, showing us, I mean, you I'm material girl. Like I am the, you are the reason why a lot of us are very independent and just like we live through your music. So for her to, I think she, I know I said she had this whole paragraph where she basically says that like these bitches basically um wouldn't have nothing without me and she added cardi b did she put dua lipa in there which is hilarious he's so random so (laughs) random we've seen dua lipa's dance moves guys like there's no threat no um but yeah it was just disappointing i mean like madonna's been kind of disappointing lately in a spiral but the fact that she did a clown emoji at the end of that i was like that there was no need like we it's nice for you to remind us, but the the message was so wrong. So yeah, yeah I got to give Madonna worst week. I know she 
did a whole TikTok lip sync Cardi B song. And I think that's what squashed the beef between them. But Cardi B spoke out and I'm glad that she did basically saying like, yo, I attributed you on my album, on my music. Like I paid dedication to you. Like this is really messed up. Yeah, I think Madonna, like, I don't know what, it just, it's kind of sad. It's like, I don't know what more you want. Like, it's just, you're so insatiable. Like you should, you know, like if you want to be, you are an icon, number one, you are an icon and you are a big deal. And there's nobody who's ever going to be like a Madonna and I get it. And like, I, all of the years of all the different phases and all the different accents and all the appropriation aside, I still like, there are times when if like, if I'm driving and like a prayer comes on the radio, like the few times I ever listened to the radio, I lose my mind. I love Madonna. Who doesn't? But like, I I lose my mind to ray of light. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) That's a good one. It's still appropriation. Yeah. 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 Um, but like, you know, it's, it's just so pathetic. Like, you know, you, you, if you, all you had to do was just be quiet, like, and just, you know, be in your own world. Like you don't have to be doing all this stuff that you're trying to do to like, get in with the youth, like, girl, you can retire, you have the money, you know? And like, you see somebody like her and then you see somebody like, I mean, Mariah Carey is still a couple of years after her, but you see Mariah Carey who like just dropped her 25th anniversary album. And like, she had her memoir and like, she's really working social media correctly. And like, she's so funny on Twitter occasionally when she hops on, like there's just such a big difference because it's, I think that there's like Mariah we laugh office. when she talks about 9-11 like when she does get a little weird we all like think it's a joke but yes Madonna has gotten a little too far for us to be like girl are you okay like yeah it's Madonna I'm con- like it's not even a concern it's just kind of sad it's like you know like listen I might say something very troubling right now nobody please come for me listen <laughs> like I worry I worry for my girl, Brittany, because obviously want her to be free. I want her to be able to do whatever she wants, but I worry about what happens to young women when they are put under this like extremely, and I believe everybody should be allowed to be sex positive. Everybody should be allowed to do whatever they want with their body. But when you're so young and you're sort of sold, like you're literally sold to the media as this like little sex kitten. Right. And with Madonna is obviously there was a lot more agency there because she was kind of paving the way with Britney. It's a little bit more different, but it's a lot of like, I, I sort of do think about like what being so famous, so young does to your psyche when you're much older and you don't have that anymore because it's your whole personality. And then it like, it genuinely worries me for like, for, that's what I keep saying with Madonna. It's like sad. It's like, I'm sad for you. I don't even think like, it's like, I don't, I don't even think that it's, it's just sad. Like, I don't think it's like weird is not the right word. It's just just sad. Like it's depressing to see like what you're doing with your, like your name and your, um, like your lead, you like, yeah, like your legacy. Like yeah. Madonna, what are you doing with your legacy? You don't have to do this, you know? Yeah, she doesn't have to do that. You're so right. Yeah. 
So we are going to move on to our next category of best week, where we are going to dive into best week honorable mentions. I'll go first and mention Alexis Bellino's Instagram post. I thought, yes, was I was going to say that too. Inspiring. So what a great mom. I mean, I going back to the OC watching her clips she was always such a great mom to her kids she loved her kids so much and like and god um but the fact that (laughs) she like posted this so loving so caring and the story behind it I will be putting this picture up on our Instagram post and see if I can actually link it in our show notes too because it is posted on Alexis Bellino's Instagram but yeah any did you want to add on anything to that like as a mom like reading that like there was tears flowing down my face yeah I think it's incredible because OC has always been the most conservative housewives like always always right like we know that most of that cast probably didn't get vaccinated like I'm concerned about all of them all the time right we had Lydia on that show like it's not great Um, and even with Tamara, we had her like absolutely horrific fucking son with Vicky. We had her terrible son-in-law. Like we've had these really, really terrible people show up and we've sort of like for people, I mean, I don't like Vicky Gunvalson. I don't really care for Tamara either, but people love them so much that they will like allow their, their terrible family members to share the platform with them. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see Alexis come back. I think that this is such a great story because it is the least, like I would expect this from Salt Lake City. I would expect it from Potomac. I would expect it even from New York. Like I would expect it. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, would I be surprised if Ramona said that? Yeah, of course it would be a little bit, but it would still be at least like, well, this makes sense because she's from New York where it's a lot more acceptable for Alexis to do that in the OC, which I know is so conservative. It's, so amazing to see that so I was just really really excited for her and just like how even in the post she was like if anybody's gonna post something like if you're gonna argue with me you're gonna get blocked immediately like this is not the place this is not it was just like wonderful I was just so happy yeah it was a very loving post and like truly what we all need in the world right now um she is the one housewife I feel like I heard this in a podcast that Andy was a guest in she's the one housewife they ask every every year to come back and she says no apparently this is all alleged because I would love to see her back because she divorced that man she's not with him anymore yes and that is the father of her child so like getting into that story too would be kind of interesting to see where things are but yeah it was so great to see a post like that especially in the Bravo world (laughs) yes absolutely Did you have any other honorable mentions for best week? Yes. I think that we're all going to have the best week because Rihanna is allegedly dropping some music tomorrow. Wakanda forever. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So excited. (laughs) I just heard that one little clip and I was like, yeah, she's coming back, baby. She's back. (laughs) I know at least because she's doing the Super Bowl. So I'm like, we have to have some new music. Okay. What are you doing? She's at her, Seza, and Beyonce are my runner up because Seza is also coming up with a new song ne- uh, tomorrow, Friday. Oh, nice. Thursday. Yeah, we're going to have some great music tomorrow, guys, this weekend. 
And also Beyonce's tour just dropped. She is coming out with the summer 2023 tour, the Renaissance. I'm still waiting for visuals, but you know, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be able to buy a house guys. Like with all, <laughs> all these artists coming up, like I am not going to be able to afford a place because I will be going to the Beyonce concert and Rihanna and Seza and whoever else that like yes. I love this um I, I know concerts are back and yeah I've been like super amped with all this information of new music because when new music happens tour dates happens yes exactly that's yeah awesome Did um I also oh, I want to add one more thing I want to say that um I don't know if I, I want to call, I want to say, I wanted to say that it was the best week ever. Although I did just see recently that maybe this isn't happening anymore, but I wanted to say best week ever to all of us who don't support cults because apparently Kanye West school, the Donda school was shutting down for the year. Oh, it's closed. baby. It's cl- yes, <laughs> yes. It's closed. But then just recently, like I'm going to say within like the last hour, parents got another notice saying that our founder is gonna you know is passionately about reopening it like in a week and I was like oh god I feel so bad for those parents I mean I feel bad for those kids yeah because you know what those fucking idiot parents I'm sorry I, I don't care I'm judging you why why credit any, to anything like those classes that they take in that school they don't it's not credited anywhere else <laughs> like and it's expensive it's not cheap and so they're dropping all this money to send their kids. Like those kids are all going to be part of the Netflix documentary. They're going to be like, oh, wow. Yeah, you're so right. You know, so I was excited for us anti-cultures, but now it seems like it's back on. So maybe it's not a great week for us. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I did just hear about the Skechers fiasco. So oh. I feel like he's like just barely hanging on by a thread right now. Yeah, kudos to Skechers. Yeah, true. Yeah, where are you gonna go next? New Balance? Like, what? What's next? Uh, <laughs> so, for my honorable mention, I want to add on to Laguna Beach being on Netflix. I'm Ooh. super excited. It'll be um, airing on November 11th, and The Hills will follow December 15th. Guys, I know I've been watching The Hills and Laguna Beach on YouTube. The thing that I'm changes this is that hopefully there will be music that oh. they were playing in that time that usually that they have to like, you know, block out or not air because they don't have the license to own it, I guess. Um, but I'm just really hoping that they do bring back that 2003 OC type of music from Laguna Beach, which turned us to love all like the OC um everything that era of like yeah music wave beach indie music yeah yes we oh my god yeah that was like some of the best part about watching the hills in oc was like those cutaways with the music playing and it was so great because it was on mtv so on mtv they would play a show at the bottom they would be like blah 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 song by so-and-so right like they would always credit whatever song was playing. And I love that about Laguna Beach and the Hills because I also discovered music that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they don't do that anymore. Now we just get like filler music that plays on like Selling Sunset. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? 
No, we oh. get like Trixie. What's her name? Trixie Monocle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We Which also... is no hate. I love her, but like I would I like know. music that we would hear in the radio. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also, um, that was another thing I loved about the real world. And uh, yes. when we did the real world uh, reunions, the what was it? It wasn't the reunion homecoming Yes. when they did those. It was great because they would play music that was on during the show. Like they that's only all played we need. <laughs> yes. That's all I want. So like real world New Orleans was my favorite season, even when it was on like live. So when I watched the homecoming, I like part of why I loved it was because they played all the music from like the early two thousands. And it was just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that was such a great season, New Orleans. I'm so excited to see what homecoming they're going to do next because they Paramount Plus has certain seasons like which happens to be my favorite seasons. Of course, it was would be typical. They don't have like eight through 11 season through 11. I think that's why New Orleans, um, they didn't have it before. But when they did their homecoming, they released the whole entire season. So I'm hoping that they do back to New York with CT or maybe they do Paris which I still think about Mallory I don't know why guys I'm so fixated with that girl (laughs) in that season um but yeah just I'm really hoping that Paramount Plus is keeping on with the whole homecoming for real world yeah wait CT was in Paris yes he was in Paris yes the Miz was in New York yes with Coral (laughs) Yes, I I always bring up Coral on Black History Month because she is who I praise every February. Like I love Coral so much. Like oh literally, God. I was eleven years old siding with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I, when I watched that, and I was like, "Why aren't these people getting it?" Like, yeah, like they're I I yeah, I can go on about Coral and how I felt, and yeah, bringing it up at school, and people were like, "You like Coral?" And I'm like, "Yeah, she's awesome." Like, (laughs) yes, yeah, it's just so interesting when you like when you're growing up as like a person of color and a girl, and then you're watching these shows, and the whole time you're like, they keep trying to make this person sound like they're crazy, but like, why do I agree with angry or mad? And I'm like, why are they doing this to her? Like literally her alone. (laughs) Like, yes. And then you grow up and you're like, am I a crazy angry person? Mm -hmm. And then you grow up into your thirties and you're like, nope, everybody was wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I was right. (laughs) So who is your runner up for best week? Um, let me think about this because I didn't really organize my thoughts in this way. I'm going to say, um, best week ever to, um, you know, frustratingly, it's been a good week for those of us who have hated Kanye West forever, because it's frustrating to see that it was such a long time coming and, his misogynoir, his anti-blackness, just how much of a misogynist he is, all his problematic stuff that he's been saying went under the radar. It is frustrating that it was finally that he had to, we had to wait so long for the straw that broke the camel's back, but I'm glad that something did because I, I just, 
as somebody who grew up, like I went to Rutgers and he was playing Rutgers Fest when I was there. Like, I so- was there. Yeah. Okay. Was this with Talib Kweli too when he was playing with him? That's right. Yes. Oh my God, girl. That is so weird. We were in the same crowd. <laughs> but I was like, so I don't remember that concert. Like my teens are so bad guys. I went like went through a xanax phase <laughs> okay well but, so everybody's um, on the up and up that is small world but yes that was one of the best shows i've ever been to yes and so like i loved him i loved him and i think it's interesting because it's like i think we were i think it's it is that validation but then i always think about the other side of things with with social media and just like the way the world works now where I'm like, clearly this person is having like a mental break. Mm -hmm. And there is that part of me, right. That like also feels bad for Madonna. I also feel like one day he's going to realize what he's done and that's going to be really dark. And that is terrifying, right? Like I think he's a terrible fucking person. Um, but it's also just like, it's just extremely sad to be like this person who was so fucking talented, like just threw everything away because just like read a fucking book, man. Just read a fucking book. Well, that and like he's his family and I putting this on air quotes because the people that he surrounds himself yes. with, it's just like super enabling him. I don't know what they're saying to his ear because this is not it. And like, literally, he's going to be penniless. The fact that I didn't speak out on this last week, but I wanted to the fact that George Floyd's daughter is suing him. Yes. And we all we all have seen what the Alex Jones trial has set an example for. And I really Mm -hmm. think that this is going to set him to be penniless, Um, which good for her. I mean, like, if if I was in her position, I'd be doing the same thing to the mother of George Floyd's daughter. Um, yeah, it's been as a Kanye fan, like it's been super terrible and devastating to see this fall. And you're right. I couldn't believe that it took like it because he's been anti been spewing anti-Semitic messages for, I want to say two or three years now. Yeah. Hello. And for him to like tweet something that was very violent and it got people's attention. It's like, you and I both know us black and brown like BIPOC people we we've been dealing with this for a handful of years with Kanye and for that post alone for you to get attention is kind of disappointing I'm sorry like I'm glad that it's finally getting some attention but I'm also disappointed that it took that for people to take notice yeah exactly and I think like it is, but it's also the reality of the world that we live in that, um, you know, there's a, it's just a reality of the world that we live in that, you know, certain voices are just not heard as loudly as, um, as we wish that they would. And I'm glad that it's happening now. And, um, and I feel for everybody who's been attacked under him, um, but yeah, it's just a, I understand everybody's feelings in this, but I just, just like all around, it's just like a shitty fucking situation. And I, you know, I can't believe that it's gotten this far with Kanye. 
that's the worst part of it is that like it's gotten this far that we're here now with him Uh, and how far will it go yes exactly exactly well so for my best week winner i had to give it to phoebe 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 bridger's article with teen vogue she basically um was really open and honest with the journalist that was interviewing for her she speaks out about abortion she spoke out about politics uh, women's rights uh ryan adams manipulation we all Mm. know that she was 20 and he was 40 when they had a i'm putting this in air quotes consensual fling according to him Yes. Um, she really does put her money where her mouth is, where she is she goes through the whole entire article of like the fundraisers that she puts herself in and like how her music, the words lyrically mean a lot to her. She feels like that's her way of giving um about talking about these situations. She also mentions the Amber Heard where she says, no, there's no perfect victim. And she literally saw that with Amber Heard in the Johnny Depp um, trial. And I just had to put her for best week because the fact that she was brave enough to talk about these issues, but it's not like, I don't know, when I read the whole um, Jennifer Lawrence 72 questions and she was talking about her politics Mm-hmm. it it came off I don't know with Phoebe Bridgers it just comes very organically yeah <laughs> that well, makes any sense no it does it does because with Jennifer Lawrence it's a similar thing with Taylor Swift right there mm-hmm. is this like performative act um aspect to it there's like a pandering aspect to it when they do it because it just doesn't I don't know it doesn't seem authentic yeah and mm-hmm. I find myself with Phoebe Bridgers that she is genuinely authentic, especially when it comes to her creative art and singing and lyrics. And yeah, I just think this is a great article. This is riveting as well, because we really haven't heard about what people, so certain celebrities think about the Amber Heard trial. Yes. I know Constance Wu said that she has spoken out about how she feels about the trial, but it's usually cut out of the interviews. Wow. Kind of disheartening. Um, She said that to Kat Tattenberg. She's a a writer for uh, Business Insider, if I'm correct. But yeah, it's just, I want to hear more about women talking about this. And I'm glad that Phoebe Bridgers is one to open that door. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think that's beautiful. Perfect. So you... Who was your best week winner? Did you? You know what? I'm going to give it. This is uh, so <laughs> I'm going to do this because I unfortunately do come from a house of Philadelphia sports fans, but I'm going to give the best week to um, the city of Philadelphia right now because they're in the World Series and the Eagles are having their best season ever. So I'm going to give it to the city of Philadelphia. Oh, girl, those are dangerous words you just said because I am a New York Mets fan <laughs> and New York Mets have a rival that I will never I almost got filled <laughs> in my mouth to a Phillies girl so <laughs> well I'm not one of those Phillies girls um it's only through marriage okay I got married to somebody who is like a diehard Philadelphia sports fan and uh and so for the peace of my home 
I do root for the Philadelphia teams just so that, you know, there isn't huffing and puffing around my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so we are now at the end of the show where I ask my guests what their favorite song was in the 2000s, 2000 to 2010. You chose Mr. Brightside by The Killers, which... Chef Kiss, such a <laughs> fucking good song. 2004 was the year that this album and song came out. Please tell me, where were you when you first heard this song? Oh my God. This is so, oh my God. I love this question. Okay. <laughs> I was in the car with my brother and our like really, really close family friend. And we were driving to Maryland to visit my cousins and my and a really, really close family friend had like really good taste in music. And he was like, listen to this song. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best song ever. It's so good. And then we like just kept playing it over and over again in the car ride. And then he like played the rest of like, like a whole bunch of other music. And I just like loved it so much. And it's very, it's so funny because when I, when I saw that you asked me that question to like, what's your favorite song from the 2000s? I I was like racking my brain, but all the the first song that came to my mind was Mr. Brightside. Um, and I thought about it later and I was like, is there a better song from that time? And like, could I pick other music? Like there's like, you know, like I listened to Ar- the Arctic Monkeys and like all these other bands. And I was like, but like Mr. Brightside is such a 2000s song, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, and I also love that song because- I always tell my husband this, that I was friends with my husband at the time. We were, we were just getting to know each other. And by the way, I met my husband. I love to tell people this on AIM. And uh, I was 16. And I was just talking was, to Did you leave a cryptic it. lyric on his AIM profile? I, I mean, I had <laughs> many times. Yes. I even had a special alert for when he came online, oh um, but he was still my friend. He was just my friend, but I remember being really excited to tell him about Mr. Brightside. And I remember like going online at my cousin's house and being like, Oh, my friend Fahad is on, like, let me tell him about this song by the killers. And I thought I was being such a cool girl by telling him about it. And he was like, yeah, I know the song and it's really good. And I was like, oh, he's so cool. He knows this song. And then like two weeks later, it was like nonstop on the radio. So I was like, yeah. okay, I guess it was like becoming more mainstream. But recently I've got two little boys they are five and eight and we let them listen to a lot of music that most parents probably don't let their kids listen to. But we let them listen to a lot of music from the 90s and 2000s. Like they love like Linkin Park and they also love porn. I love that. Oh my <laughs> God. I mean, I haven't even thought of putting that on for my daughter because hello, sixth, seventh grade me was in love with Linkin Park. Of course, our kids are going to love it too. Yeah. That is amazing. So like I started playing all that kind of stuff, but then I recently played Mr. Brightside for them. And I was just like, I this is so ridiculous. I was having such a lovely time listening to that song with my kids. I started crying. It's like, <laughs> I, I did the same thing when I saw my daughter enjoying Selena music. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, it was just, it was just, it also the same thing happened. Full disclosure. When I had my kids listening to one sweet day by Mariah Carey, which is like my soup, like she's like my she's my all-timer. So <laughs> played one sweet day for my kids. And I started telling them what the song was about. And they were like, mom, are you crying? And I was like, no, 
But anyway, back to Mr. Brightside. It is just so funny because like, yeah, that song is just, it reminds me of my kids now. It reminds me of my husband's. It reminds me of like a time where I feel like I was really discovering like my own identity of the kind of person I wanted to be. It was like, I think I was a senior and no, I had just graduated high school. I had just graduated high school. And so I was starting to feel myself a little bit more because I was like, I had outgrown my mustache. My like body had started to look better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was just, yeah, it was prime time. You were feeling yourself. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love The Killers. It's such a great song for karaoke as well. My yes. best friend always plays that song when we go to a karaoke bar. Um, they still tour, guys. When I first heard them, I thought they were from England. I thought they were like so cool that they were <laughs> not from the States. And then I find out they're from Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> so random but that's what I love about the killers yeah it's such the killers is such a 2000s band it is it was the era of the thes you had like the shins and the the hives and the strokes yeah the hives the vines yeah yes the all-american rejects oh my god (laughs) keep going yes (laughs) oh my god Noor thank you so much for joining us this week I'm so excited and happy that you got to join us can you please let my listeners know where we can find you yeah, I am on Instagram and Twitter at the reality is pod. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the reality is pod. And the reality is, is available everywhere. Podcasts are heard. We have two episodes a week that are housewives or Bravo related episodes. And then we have two episodes a week, one that is a pop culture roundup. And then another one that is a non, um, a non-reality TV show. So a scripted medium or something we were covering house of the dragon this week though, I did talk about the new love is blind season. So go check that out. (laughs) Yeah, guys, please check it out. You are always spot on when it comes to like the reality uh, the the housewives where you you're like one of my favorite podcasts to listen to when recapping the housewives because you literally get it when it comes to like a women of color's perspective and I have to thank you for that like you're doing the god's work (laughs) oh thank you thank you so much for listening and appreciating it that means everything yeah for listening guys i had so much fun and i hope you guys had fun too next week i'm going to have jesse from jesse's girls podcast love him he does deep dives on of course ashley simpson Lindsay lohan all the babes that we love to hear from 
I am super excited to have him on and please check us out on Instagram on best week ever podcast so you can keep up with our stories and follow us on who we are bringing on each week for our guests on our podcast. So I hope you guys are having a best week ever and I will see you guys next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.